When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp here for the Fightful.com podcast, December 19th edition. If you all missed our weekend shows, we had all kinds of stuff. We had uh, Shane Helms on Friday talking total nonstop deletion. We had myself and Showdown Joe talking UFC on Fox 22 uh, Sunday afternoon, as well as myself, Anna Bauer, and Alex Palowski talking roadblock. Uh, go check out that uh, segment that Anna Bauer does every single week on Fightful.com. Most ridiculous. One of my favorite things of the week that we get this week on Shane Helms' show, we're going to talk his experiences in the Royal Rumble. We don't have a whole lot of other stuff to, to really cover this week, so we're going to do a little bit of a retro show, and we're going to do those uh, here and there. Whenever there's a subject you all want us to approach, uh, whether it be a period piece, essentially, in, in WWE or TNA or WCW, we're going to tackle that. Go register at Fightful.com, absolutely free to get get early access to shows like that, the one with Matt Riddle, uh, exclusive financial analysis from Brandon Howard, our pro series, uh, articles that are coming from the likes of EC3, Deanna Perrazzo, Issa, or not, I said Issa Ramos because she just tweeted me. She's one of our mods. Uh, Deanna Perrazzo and Jason Kincaid. You all got me all flustered here, guys, going crazy in the uh, in the chat right now we're getting to you i promise this show is brought to you by skills the worldwide leader in mobile esports play the games you love win real cash prizes go to skills.com slash fight on your ios or android device that skills with a z download your uh, favorite free games when you make a deposit skills will double it and then when you use the promo code fight you will get an additional ten dollars in free bonus cash that skills dot com slash f-i-g-h-t check it out I, i've decided i will only take your all's money at draftbeast.com i'm not going to take your money at skills even though i play the hell out of those pool and bowling games we had monday night raw alex you're here i am What's here up? uh you know i'm i'm uh, just recovering from uh Braun Strowman saving the show. Uh, I was so disappointed in everything that had happened. And then that happened. And it was the greatest thing to have ever happened. It's a Christmas miracle. It's how you get somebody over. Yep. I'm pretty cool. Somebody says, Sean, you seem peaceful. I, hey, just being a little quieter tonight. Did Matt I'm not coming out as aggressive? A Christmas gift. Uh-huh, I wish he would. Package, maybe. I wish. Apparently, according to one David Meltzer, WWE has some renewed interest in Matt Riddle. And why this not? comes this comes just days after we spent about forty minutes talking about piss drinking on mm-hmm. our podcast. Also, it's- people crapping publicly. Yeah, it's a niche market that I think the WWE wants to get into. It's the first, Guys, first the UK all, tournament and then the piss drinking market as well. 
And if you guys aren't watching that show with Matt Riddle every week, you're missing out because that man doesn't give a damn. He doesn't care. He really doesn't care what bridges he burns, what he says, anything of that nature. Uh, make sure, guys, to share the podcast page. Leave us a thumbs up. Uh, subscribe on YouTube, iTunes, Stitcher, all that cool stuff. And, of course, visit Fightful.com all day, every day. We've got a lot of cool stuff coming up from Alex, myself, Kyler James this weekend, despite the Christmas holiday. But tonight we had Monday Night Raw, and while there was, there was stuff I liked about this show, Alex, my streak of enjoying Raw ended at three. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, this was uh, this was a return to the norm for Raw, by which I mean crap. Uh, but, you know, I mean, there were some, some good points, but not enough to overcome, you know, the giant amount of crap that was uh, on our screens tonight. Oh, yeah. I'm going to go in on some of this stuff, too, because, oh, man. I just will. Now, this opening segment, it was not one of those things I'm going to go in on. I enjoyed the hell out of this opening segment. I really shouldn't have. I, I sh- <laughs> Considering that I always put over how I like more <laughs> more advanced television shows, like I like how cerebral and how everything in Breaking Bad had meaning. I love The Wire, stuff like that. This This was not The Wire. This sure as hell wasn't The Wire. No, Sean, this was not The Wire. It was not Breaking Bad. <laughs> It was not break into electric boogaloo. That this was this was. Let me put it this way: when you say that you really enjoyed this segment of Raw, that makes one of us. Oh, uh, this, come on! This was awful. Um, <laughs> Your eye is a kite. Yeah, it was just not. It was just not good. It was just not good. Like, like I understood. Like there were things about it that I could have liked, but every time there was something, I was like, "That's funny." The next five to 25 seconds were just so bad. Uh, Mick Foley, I mean, he he must be on a lot of painkillers for that hip of his that he's going to have replaced soon because uh, it was like I was watching a fever dream. Him searching through his damn fanny pack was just terrible. I mean (laughs) – I love I love Owens and and um, and Jericho. Everything they did before before Foley came out that was all gold. And as soon as Foley came out in his ridiculous jacket, over he's wearing over a, a screen printed I don't know what t shirt and sweatpants. Um, it's just uh, I don't know Mick. I don't know. Uh, that was all pretty bad. Um, the the amount of hoops they had to jump through to get Jericho into the cage so they could lock him in the cage so that Foley could have lost the key so that Foley could then raise the cage. Listen, I'm, I'm tired of you talking shit about this segment, Alex. I'm not going to have it anymore. Okay. The hug of Jericho was fantastic. That was great, but uh, that was before Foley came out. Foley came out in – the ugliest damn shirt I've ever seen on purpose, but man, I didn't know it could get that bad. Uh, the shots at Michael Cole were pretty funny. Owens and Jericho were great, uh, verbally attacking the structure of the cell and where it was built in Ohio. Um, I can tell you one thing, guys. If you go to hell, it won't be that bad because you may be stuck behind an Ohio driver on your way there, and you may never actually get there. So I can say that at least about Ohio. 
Mick Foley couldn't find the right key in his fanny pack. <laughs> and he pulled out shirts and dude love wallets, and it was fantastic. Now, here's my problem with this. Owens legit believed that he lost his best friend. So everybody in the situation is a dumbass except for Chris Jericho. Yeah. He's the only one that's not a complete idiot. Yep. That's that's the only problem I really had with this. <laughs> I thought Foley fumbling <laughs> Foley fumbling for his keys uh and, and fumbling to lock the cage was charming. I was like, let me see how long they can just just stall this shit. <laughs> let me see how long they can go and oh, pull this off. It was oh, it man. was it was like a school bus crashing into an orphanage on in slow motion. It was it was just horrifying. I I mean, I understood what they were trying to do, but it would everything just got in the way. Uh Owens and Jericho were just improving this whole thing through. There that 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 crack you said about the cage was made in Ohio, so it's got to be terrible. Owens made that joke, but Foley was talking over him, so the crowd couldn't hear it. So Jericho had to make the joke later, and then it got the desired reaction from the crowd. Yeah, like it was just—it was just a giant botchamania of a segment. Yeah, Jericho definitely scavenged the joke. Uh, they had a little segment backstage too, where. <laughs> where Jericho had to be given oxygen. Now, there, there was a good thing, or an interesting point brought up. This is going to be in the Alamo Dome. How high up is he going? Well, I mean, you only have to get it like 15 feet above the, above the ring, and it serves nah, screw purpose. that. Like, screw that. I'm going to be the there live. Oh, man. I want to see him all the way up there. Um, we had Big Cass versus Rusev. Rusev cut off Cass's catchphrase, which apparently really pissed Cass off. Now, I'll say this. He should have just went all Bob Backlund 95 and beat the shit out of the sound engineer. That's the guy who cued the music. Yeah. Big Cass probably isn't walking out there, or at least, or I mean, Rusev probably isn't walking out there otherwise. But either way, Cass goes just banana sandwiches on Rusev and beats the crap out of him. I loved Enzo being a total thug and just agging it on. Like everybody you've ever seen filming a fight on their phone, nobody stops it. Yeah, They're just in their face, running their mouth. I loved it. Uh, I thought this was good for Enzo. It was good for Cass. Maybe not good for Rusev, but he got – I mean, Rusev is what he is now. He's not going to be what he was in 2014, unfortunately. Uh, what would you think? Uh, I hated it. Um, it was the same thing. This is this is going to be that podcast. We finally come to the point where you love something and I hate something. This is going to be good. Um, uh, I hope the things that I love you hated because uh, it's 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 going to be good. Uh, I it was the same thing that they did last night. It was Big Cass beating Rusev all over the ring, and then Rusev wins. Last night it was a fluke countout. Tonight it was by DQ. That this the, this kind of DQ is pointless to me. Stop beating up your opponent. I'm gonna disqualify you if you don't stop beating up your opponent. Like I, I isn't that a isn't that a wrestling match? That well, you suppose. I mean, I guess Rusev was in the ropes, and you're supposed to kind of halt the attack there. But I suppose I suppose that's the technicality. Um, but it just it just makes Rusev it should look. it should have been closed fists or something like that, but right. apparently they don't call those anymore. Right. So 
It just didn't. It doesn't. It, I understand he's never going to be 2014, Rusev, but he can be better than this. You know what I mean? Like ever since he lost the belt to Roman Reigns, he's just been taking down several pegs. And uh, just I, I don't like seeing Rusev that way. Um, but I mean, it would have been fine if he just lost the match. Like have a six-minute match in which he loses. But to have it go out this way, it's just kind of pointless. Um, and yeah, you're right though. Uh, Enzo being reduced to basically Big Cass's hype man—that's uh, that's that's, that's kind of fun. Yeah, I, I like that. Uh, I, I love how crazy that that Enzo was going. Sasha Banks came out for a promo. She came out on crutches. That was a good move. Mm-hmm. Cut a realistic promo that did not have any verbiage that was seemed to be handed to her. I thought it was one of her better promos because of that. She called Charlotte out. Nia Jax came out and instead hilariously kicked the crutch out from underneath Sasha. Poor Sasha. Poor Sasha. I thought Nia Jax wasn't the greatest here, but she was abbreviated. And that's good. Yeah. Let her be abbreviated. Don't make her do a bunch of stuff she can't do. I'm cool with it. I think they'll have a good match. I, I we'll find out if Sasha can yank a good match out of Nia Jax. Bailey did, so maybe maybe she will. Yeah. No, um I I'm I'm really high on Nia Jax. Uh I like her a lot, the potential that they have to have her in a match with somebody the size of Sasha. The one problem with Nia Jax is that when she speaks, she sounds like she'd be more at home at a PTA meeting rather than uh in a wrestling ring, it just doesn't sound right coming out of that that size of a person. Um, uh, but she didn't have much to say here. Uh, I thought it was interesting that they had Sasha play up the fact that she was really hurt, which is why she had to give up uh, coming out with the knee brace and the crutch, uh, basically saying, like, I don't feel like the boss right now. I got beat, and the better woman beat me. And and asking Charlotte to come down to the ring so that she could say, you know, you were the better woman, and I congratulate you on beating me. The thing that doesn't make a lot of sense to me is that both of these women are very young and early in their careers on WWE, and they're making it out as that though these two women will never meet again in a WWE ring for the rest of their careers, when we all know that's not true. They'll probably have a feud again next year. Or I hope they months. do. You know what I mean? So it's just kind of an odd thing that they're putting that over is they'll, they'll never, ever face each other again. Uh, Nia Jax kicking the crutch out, which went directly up in the air and right back down in the ring was kind of perfect. Um, yeah, I'm interested to see what how long it takes for uh, Salsa Banks to heal. Uh, not turn heel, but uh, get better uh, so that we can see when they're going to start this Nia Jax program. Uh, but... Uh, yeah, I'm also just uh, still waiting on Emelina whenever they want to bring that back. I was about to mention something about that. This is the 12th week they've ran vignettes. Yep, 12th week in a row. That's that's three solid months. It's golden truth territory. Yeah. I know that you weren't with me at the uh, the place of my former employee where I had to cover something with Vince Russo every week. Uh, and every week it's like, okay, when's it happening? When are they just going to get it over with? And well, is, isn't it great to see how well that the, those four months of promos paid off for Golden Truth? See, at least those promos for Golden Truth were all scripted skits. You know, like there was a story. I want you to be my partner. Will you be my partner? No. And then they switched and they did it the opposite way. That's actually a story they're telling. 
This is just shots of Emily of Emmalina. God, I don't know why they changed her name. Of Emma, I refuse to call her Emmalina. Emma from her Instagram page in different. I, I've actually referred to our Australian friend Anna as Anna or yeah, Annalina on multiple Annalena? occasions. Yeah, you, you Not gotta... even on purpose, but I mean, she hates it. <laughs> just add Lena to anything. It's yeah, that's how it goes over there. So, so she ain't she ain't ever coming. She they they need her bad. They're pretty shallow right now, and, and we'll get to what they're using some of the women for. But uh, it is truly the end of an era. There are new tag team titles on Raw. There are. They've upgraded from the pennies to the dimes or quarters. They well, hey, they don't look half bad when they're not copper. Well, I mean, uh, I didn't have a problem with them as the copper. Thing. They've only been around Ugh. for six years. I mean, listen, well, the whole thing is that what I don't like is it looks like a blatant copy job of the SmackDown titles. The SmackDown titles sure. are blue with the, with the dimes. Now these are red with the dimes. Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't like that it's, it just it, it has the air of, uh, what are we going to do with the ball titles? Uh, we'll just copy the SmackDown ones. Okay, good. Well, I mean, that, didn't follows, like was- that follows the pattern of the SmackDown championship and the SmackDown tag titles. I mean – those were a copy of the Raw ones, just you know, modified a little bit, and then we had the uh, SmackDown Women's Championship as well. Right. So, I'm- what I'm wondering is if uh, somebody beats AJ and becomes the new SmackDown, uh, you know, WWE champion, and they switch that one to have a blue belt. Ellsworth, know? I hope. Yeah, Ellsworth ha- insists on it having it. That's how to turn him really heel. Have him insist on changing the belt to a blue belt. Well, they already had they already had that for Alexa, so they're not going to do that. Yeah. Um. Braun Strowman's backstage killing stuff that was cool. Cedric with Alicia Fox against Noam Dar. Now I don't really pay much attention to two hundred five live, but <laughs> Noam Dar is the kind of guy I want to hang out with. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We'll get to we'll get to this whole Cedric Noam thing. You just breeze right by um what you said, Braun Strowman just killing stuff in the hallway. There was a point where there were all these plastic bins like you put your stuff in when you go through the airport TSA. He just took them and just threw them up in the air. And I was like, oh no, Braun's declared war on plastic bins. Like it was just absurd, but I loved everything. I love the idea of like Mick saying, I convinced Sammy to leave. Two hours ago, he's a hundred miles from here. I was like, "Oh, well, that kind of takes all the sting out of this thing." Like, if there was never an option for Sammy to actually come out and do anything, like he's not here yet, might have been something interesting. But uh, yeah, anyway, moving to Noam and Cedric. Um, I don't know if you caught this thing where Noam uh, hit on Alex Alicia Fox, and Alicia Fox kind of not before tonight. I didn't. As yeah, uh, he. She kind of like smiled as he walked away, and I was like, "Oh, Alicia, don't do, don't do that." This whole angle is so beneath Cedric Alexander. Um, and they've picked he makes the guy everything with- look effortless in that ring, but he, he did really not does. need it. He did not need a handspring before that kick. No, no. Um, the the Noam thing. They picked the guy with the thickest, most unintelligible accent to do all of the hitting on Alicia Fox promo work. It's like, hello, Alicia. I just wanted to tell you that I think you're foxy. And it was just <laughs> really, really bad. Like, I love it. 
I, I bit you and you bit me once, but the real prize is in that ring with you, Cedric. It makes it even better. Folks. Oh, man. But um, <laughs> I think it makes it even creepier. Oh, it's because it sounds creepy. like he's saying Alicia fucks. It does. And uh, uh, it it's it's bad. They they need to stop. I mean, like, I think they're basically just making Noam Dar do the same things that Enzo does, except for Enzo is the baby face still somehow, and Noam Dar is the heel. It's uh, it's an interesting little mind game they're trying to play here. I don't I don't understand it, but uh, uh, Cedric Alexander. I- Belongs in uh, the top feud in the cruiserweight division, not messing around with Noam Dar. Sure. Uh, I do like that they're allowing these cruiserweights to show a little more character. This should have happened from the jump, quite frankly. Also, wrestlers got to stop saying, you see, in promos. Mm -hmm. That is up there with, my name is, as one of the most overused cliche things I've ever heard. Now, I know in OVW especially, and they got this from WWE, like it was handed down from WWE, they would teach people to say, my name is, a lot in promos. And I'm like, Jesus, man, that was so played out like 10 years ago with all the, the ECW intros and stuff when they would do those vignettes. The, uh, I don't know if you all have ever seen this, but uh, the writers of Workaholics keep like a board of cliches that they are not allowed to use anymore. And like any time that they, they would, they'll hear something like, they'll just add it to the board. So they're not allowed to say, tell me how you really feel on their show or somebody's getting fired. Like they're not allowed to say cheesy little shit like that. Wow. Raw, SmackDown, so desperately need one of these boards. But here's the thing. If they get one of those boards and it gets, it actually gets things added to it, we may have three hours of silence on Mondays. <laughs> yeah, hours they- of Corey Graves. They do only write in cliches. They sure as hell do. New Day came out, cut a promo. They wondered why Sheamus and Cesaro got new titles. They even crapped on the old the old look. Then we got the club who have lost five title matches, so I don't know why they're even being considered in this situation. And Shining Stars. I challenge someone who cares about this match to write 1,000 words on it. And I would run it on Fightful, and somebody did. I haven't read it, but unfortunately I'm going to have to because I'm going to have to edit the thing. I only hope that it was written in sarcasm because I did not give a shit about this match. Like The Shining Stars came out, and I was like, is the WWE mad at me or something? What did I do to deserve this? I'm not that bad of a person. I felt like I was being punished. Uh, right from the jump, actually. Like, uh, New Day come out, and they're doing their thing. Uh, Big E with the line of the night saying that uh, Ric Flair had to lose the title 15 times to become 16-time champion. Uh, Charlotte's going to do that by the end of the next month. Uh, that's good. Um, but uh, then Cesaro and Sheamus, still bickering, still can't get along. You guys are champs. You buried the hatchet. When you threw that guy through a wall and shared a Guinness together, it's over now. You can move on to the next chapter. They did, and now they're going back a chapter. Uh, I don't understand why this is happening. It's really a frustrating. Um, and, uh, and then the club come out. What are you guys doing here? Why are you involved? 
and the Shining Stars. And it's like, well, who's next? Golden Truth? Like, that's that's it. That's I mean, yeah. that's that's your entire – that and Enzo and Cass, if they ever actually tag together again. Like, that's that's your entire roster. Like, where's the revival? Get them up here now. Stat. Um, I actually just wanted the New Day to have their rematch, to lose again, and to and to have somebody like like let's move on. Uh, but no, we're just gonna keep getting eight man tag matches that don't don't matter. A lot of inconsequential stuff on this show. Uh, we had a cruiserweight segment where Neville came out and he was real angry. His promo wasn't too hot, but a it's better than the nothing he's been doing. He, he had a right to be upset in the storyline. Like, why the hell wouldn't you have a Neville involved in the cruiserweight division? Also, by that standard, Xavier Woods has a reason to be pissed. Sami Zayn has a reason to be pissed. Sami Zayn, by the way, keeps saying, well, I don't know. I don't know if I can be that be a cruiserweight. I'm 212 pounds now. I couldn't possibly find a place to cut seven pounds. Either way, uh, Rich Swan comes out, and he's also not good on the mic. And then Kendrick gets shoehorned in. And I'll tell you what a heel Neville doesn't need. He doesn't need Brian Kendrick sticking up for him. But what I need personally is to see TJ Perkins rush that ring and immediately get kicked in the fucking face by Brian Kendrick because that was great. Yeah, no, I I know. uh, uh, I'll disagree with you on the Neville promo. I thought it was it was fine for what it was. He had a very he had a very good reason for delivering it the way he did. I like the idea of like you guys were cheering for me as I beat up Rich Swan and TJ Perkins, which of course is not what the WWE had in mind when they sent him out there last night. Uh, but they were chanting, "Thank you, Neville." So, so he says, "Why are you guys cheering for me then? The only guys, the time you guys really cheer for me is when I'm small and defenseless, and then you like me." Well, I'm not. I don't need your pity. It's, it's good. It's good healing. It's a good reason for him to be that way. Um. I like Brian Kendrick as the guy who thinks he's going to get on Neville's good side by buttering him up. Uh, And then after Neville's done and left both TJP and Rich Swan laying in the ring, only then does Brian Kendrick pick the bones and, and hit the sliced bread on uh, TJP. Uh, That's a great use of Kendrick's character as this guy who's, who's just going to glom on, to the most powerful guy, most powerful heel in the division. That's a good thing to do. Knowing he's eventually going to try and turn on Neville, that's going to be fun. We had Enzo sensitivity training, and this could have been really good. I was really excited for it. Um, This sounds like an idea that you would have pitched in all seriousness, like that Enzo should actually go to sensitivity training. They're like, let's make this a storyline. And you'd be like, oh, damn it, guys. But uh, one thing we learned here, Bob Backlund is still on the road (laughs) for some reason. I don't know. Enzo making bad jokes and laughing at himself. Like, he's the only baby face, I think, that could get away with that. Like, when he took the chair, (laughs) I was like, you dumbass. Um, Enzo makes fun of gender, which I thought was funny, the gender tender thing. I saw somebody. Oh, God. They they took offense to the fact that Jinder Mahal as a minority and that Darren Young as a gay man were involved in this sensitivity training. And I was like, it, it was just a spot. There was no – there was nothing malicious about this. Like, 
Jinder Mahal was in this segment because his name rhymed, rhymed with Tinder. That's the only reason. Well, Either I mean, way. He, the, the thing was, he shows up to sensitivity training, and sensitivity training is just the guys who were on Superstars. And since Enzo is there for exposing himself to everybody in the workplace, I was thinking, wait, what's been going on on Superstars since I stopped covering it? Is it just like a giant orgy that I just haven't been able to see? Like, this is crazy. Uh, I loved Bo doing all his stuff. Like, trying, like, like, is it okay if we said Bogan? Like, he's adorable, and I want him to have all the titles. But I'm not – I'm. you can't slip it by me. He's growing out that beard. He's getting traded to SmackDown, and he's going to become a Wyatt. He's growing out that beard, and I see it. I got my eye on you, Bo Dallas. Uh, my favorite part of the whole thing, though, was when they did the role reversal gimmick and uh, Enzo just made fun of of gender, just completely just, just was a bully to him, just insults. And then it was Jinder's turn. And he completely accurately diagnosed Enzo's psychological problems. He says, uh, I'm a little man, uh, and I overcompensate with my big mouth and my bad attitude. I was like, wow, that's great. Did Jinder go to – did he major in uh, psychology when he was in school? Like, that was actually pretty accurate. Um, are we doing through, going through this whole thing? So like, when, when, when oh, Enzo, hell no. Hell no. There's, there's too much. To, there's too to, many. I mean, too ultimately, Rusev shows up. He and Jinder jump Enzo. Uh, this was a good beatdown. Man, did Enzo sell the hell out of that table bump. Yeah. Yeah, no, that was like, good. There's Cell dead, and then there's Enzo Amore Cell's dead. Right. He's so dead with his eyes wide open. Yeah. His um, The thing I loved about it the most was Rusev just kept saying, you didn't learn your lesson. You didn't learn your lesson. Because apparently Rusev had like, you know, a two-way mirror in the room and watched as Enzo left the sensitivity trip. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thing, uh, but he didn't do that. Uh, he hit on the instructor. Like Enzo didn't learn anything. He didn't learn his lesson, and so Rusev had to come in and teach him. Um, I don't know if this is the beginning of Jinder Mahal being Rusev's buddy, but they tag teamed him on the beatdown. So uh, I'm fine with that. It's a use of Jinder Mahal better than just like taking a beating on superstars. Um, there yeah, is no, no better use of Jinder Mahal than just putting him on superstars. I mean, I guess Jinder so, Mahal wouldn't say that. but Titus O'Neil versus Sin Cara. And I was like, why? And then I found out why. Braun Strowman just killed them. Killed them both. Uh, power slammed Titus on the floor. <laughs> threw Sin Cara through a bunch of presents and toys that Neville spent all winter building. This was cool. That was an elf cool. joke, in case you didn't get that, everybody at home. Yeah, guys, elf joke. The ears. Elf humor. Yeah, this, yeah more, more Braun Strowman. I wanted to see him come out and wreck every single match. I actually thought that 
when he when he told Foley he was you know or else he's going to go out and destroy everybody. And the next match was Cedric Alexander versus Noam Dar. I was like, well, here come, here's the beginning of Braun Strowman killing all of the cruiserweights. Uh, but I was glad that he showed some restraint and waited until now. He around like he was a rag doll. Like Titus O'Neil is a big dude. Like that, that was really yeah. impressive. Uh, I, I just loved him ruining Christmas by kicking all the presents and breaking all the Christmas trees in half. He was like, Braun was like the Grinch who destroyed Christmas. In my opinion, it was the best Christmas ruining since Alberto Del Rio hilariously ran over Santa. <laughs> that one was pretty good. That's going to be a tough one to top. Uh, yeah. Because of the, the sheer fear on the face of Del Rio, knowing how bad he had screwed up. Yeah. Oh, man. That, by the way, that and many, many, many other Christmas-themed WWE, uh, TNA, uh, MMA videos will be going up throughout the week it's you know it's going to be a lighter news week but we still got tons of features coming and we're going to uh hit you up with a bunch of christmas videos as always uh guys this episode is brought to you by skills that skills with a z skills lets you play the mobile games you love and win real cash prizes every skills game is free to play i love playing uh their their mobile bowling and pool games as i said last night I can't play either one in real life. I'm terrible at them, but I play on skills and I win real money. Uh, what's really cool is that you have that option of competing for real cash prizes. You can win money playing games on your phone. You can win up to $100 on a single tournament with entry fees as low as a penny. You can't find that much of anywhere else. Skills offers a variety of games for iOS and Android devices, including puzzles, bubble popping, bowling pool, solitaire, trivia, and more. In addition to tournaments, you can also compete with other players head-to-head. Skills matches you against players with a similar skill level. That way you won't be uh, too deep in. That way you're not facing somebody in your first match that's been playing for, for a year or however long. You play up to your level. Compete where, whenever you want and win cash prizes playing the games you love. Visit skills.com fight. You can try it for free, and when you make your first deposit, skills will double it. Then when you enter that promo code FIGHT, we will give you an extra $10, courtesy of Fightful.com. Because we love you. I took all your money at Draft Beast. I'm always hawking the Onnit, which I love. Love my Onnit. But Fightful's going to give you $10. You go over to skills. You make your deposit. Use that promo code FIGHT. I'll give you 10 bucks. How about that? How about that? Ten dollars. Merry Christmas, guys. Merry Christmas. Here's a fun Christmas fact, Alex. Yes. Home Alone one, a classic, right? Yep. You know the Angels with Filthy Souls movie within the movie. Of course. What was the What was the other uh, the guy's name? Was it Tommy and Snakes? Uh, it was definitely Snakes. I can't remember the uh, better guy's name. It's probably Tommy. Did you know that Snakes was originally supposed to play that role? No, I did not know. The roles were supposed to be reversed, but the the older guy had like hip surgery or knee surgery and couldn't physically keel over for when he got shot a million times, so they switched it around. (laughs) Watched that uh, yesterday. It's a good trivia. It's classic. It's classic. Oh, man. Maybe maybe if we get done... Well, no, we still got a little bit to talk about. We can talk maybe Christmas movies after this. Ooh. Yeah. Charlotte promo and a match with Bailey. 
Charlotte says she's the greatest superstar ever and that she's better than Moolah. Uh, no arguments here as a human being or a wrestler or as a champion because she doesn't physically own the title. Bailey comes out, makes her case, and the crowd is into her. Um, Charlotte wants to face Bailey, and she's reminded that Bailey is up 2 0 on her. This match sucked ass. This was a bad match. Bailey needs to never do that riding and rolling spot against a top level talent ever again. It looked like shit. It's not good. Do it on live events, sure. The match didn't click. Uh, the crowd was okay with it, but there's something people got to remember. This is a Columbus crowd that has literally seen Bailey maybe more than any other wrestler over the past year and a half. Like, I think they've seen her wrestle 12 times since 2015. Between NXT shows, WWE shows, the Arnold Classic, where she's wrestling two or three times there. So th- this crowd is very, very familiar with Bailey. There was this weird finish where Charlotte's shoulder, shoulder was actually up. Unpack all this for me, Alex. Well, you're not wrong. The match wasn't great. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm excited for something new uh, between Charlotte and Bailey. Uh I liked the stuff that they did when they were in NXT together, but it feels like forever since since then. You know, I mean, both women have have uh, improved greatly since then, but it feels like uh, Bailey has because she's been playing that kind of gimmick and doing that kind of stuff uh, basically constantly since then. She hasn't, you know, changed enough to keep up with you know the changes that that Charlotte has made in her demeanor and what she can do in the ring. Um, you know, I mean, I I like the storyline of of Charlotte. For some reason, just can't beat Bailey. Bailey has her number because Charlotte's taking her, you know, too lightly, which allows there to be many possibilities. Maybe Charlotte overcompensates and just beats the crap out of Bailey because she stopped taking her lightly. There's a lot of things you can do with this pairing. I don't I don't know as always if I trust them to do those things. Um, I hope, as I always do, that they haven't ruined it with Bailey just because it's so hard to, to the build up for Bailey going from the, the little girl, uh, the kid sister everybody had at the beginning of NXT to rising through the ranks until she finally beat Sasha, uh, and then beat her again in the Ann woman. And then, you know, had her face offs against Nia Jax and Asuka and all that stuff. That build cannot be replicated on the main roster. So she was a sure uh, thing. She was a sure thing, though, and her jets are so cool on this. Well, the the problem is is that is that WWE only thinks you can have one champ and one contender, and that's it. Everybody else kind of just does nothing. That was the thing where they kept they they literally kept Sasha off TV from like Mania. Until until like July, because they didn't want her to be getting all the Sasha chants and doing stuff and everybody thinking, well, why is it that person in the main event scene? Because they were busy doing Natalia versus uh, Charlotte. So they kept Bailey cool while they were doing um, Sasha versus Charlotte. And now it's going to take a while to get Bailey heated up again. Yeah, this is bad. They'll be working live events together. So um, I'm cool with that. Uh, they'll, they'll, I'm sure they'll, yeah, they'll fix it and they'll, I mean, they got six that. weeks uh, until by the, the way, there, there is so. not a dual, 
there is not a dual thread glitch on our page. What we do is we post one under podcast sections and one under video sections. Uh, always go to the one under the podcast section, you guys, if you want to ask questions using hashtag Ask Fightful. As always, you can register for free at Fightful.com. Use our forums, which are growing and growing and growing. Uh, Ryan Mark says, uh, Bailey should only use that at house shows. Yeah, I agree. The, the writing people thing. Shield 0.66 against Jericho. This is the the most on the ball I've seen Seth Rollins look since maybe his return. Like he looked fast. He hit those blockbusters back to back. I was like, this is the Seth Rollins I remember. But none of that shit matters. None of it. Braun Strowman came and beat up Shield 0.66. That was cool. That's how you get somebody over, Alex. Yeah. It was it was more than cool. It was it was brilliant. Like the the thing the thing about it is this match, I was dreading it all night long. Knowing it was going to be the main event, knowing it was just going to be the same thing that we we all know. I mean, while uh Kevin and Chris are on top, um, you know, beating up Seth or whoever in the corner. And they get to have good banter back and forth talking about, hey, watch it. When you grab his hair, you're going to get conditioner all over your hands. Like, <laughs> that's great. That's really good heel work. Um, you know, but, but eventually we all know that somebody's going to get a hot tag and Seth and Roman are going to win. Or, or maybe they, they might, you know, lose by DQ or some, some crazy finish. But no, no, they brought out Braun Strowman and he destroyed Roman Reigns like he was nothing. It was amazing. And then he, they, he went into the ring and he beat up Seth Rollins. And the best part was Kevin and, and Chris picking up Roman from the floor and rolling him into the ring to be destroyed again by Braun Strowman. That was such a wonderful touch and perfect for their characters. And I loved it so much. Uh, I honestly says, do not know. Go ahead. I don't know how they're going to sustain this, this thing for six weeks up until that ridiculous shark cage match. Uh, I don't know what they're going to do for it, but well, what if know. they have Roman Reigns beat Strowman on the way? Oh please, no, 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 no. Strowman needs Strowman hasn't lost. He hasn't been pinned or submitted. Oh, he ever. lost, right? But he hasn't been pinned or submitted. He uh, he lost sure. because he didn't murder Sami Zayn. He showed restraint and didn't murder Sami Zayn, so he lost. But he hasn't been pinned or submitted on his time on the roster. So if you have him just get pinned or submitted by Roman Reigns on a random raw in a lead up to Royal Rumble. What a waste. Like it's gotta, it's gotta have meaning. They'll keep him protected. Um, this show, it, it was a missable show outside of a very few select spots. And I enjoyed three straight raws. That doesn't happen a lot these days. Um, going to get into some questions. Somebody says, Sean, you do some okay math for a Kentucky basketball fan. Uh, yeah, I can count eight championships. So, Aaron Boy, unless you're a UCLA fan, you can shut the hell up. What do we have here? Somebody asks, who would I think would win a real fight, Braun Strowman or Baron Corbin? Normally, I'd give Baron Corbin the edge over most people because he's got grappling and boxing experience. There are some people where sheer size and strength can just change things. I don't know. Like, it depends on how well Baron Corbin can box. I don't think his grappling is going to do him much good against the likes of Braun Strowman and his brute strength. Um, now, nah, that, that being said, I know plenty of power. I've seen 
270-pound powerlifters get choked out by 15-year-old featherweights. So anything can happen. With Elimination Chamber being a SmackDown pay-per-view, does that mean that a Raw wrestler wins the Royal Rumble? If so, who? You know what? I I wouldn't put it past WWE to switch those around at the last minute based on how that rolls. Um, If there's one thing I always hated, Alex, it's when the Royal Rumble would happen and a bunch of people would lose the Royal Rumble, then immediately get a title shot at Elimination Chamber. I'm like, five people? It's like, no thanks. Don't put me in the Rumble. I'll take my chances getting that Elimination Chamber spot. Yeah. Yeah, no, this is is a whole new ballgame. I do not know how they're going to run this whole thing. Like, uh, I guess it's like all Raw and all SmackDown, so half and half, 15 of each in the Royal Rumble, and whoever wins gets the challenge for their, you know, that team's title. I mean, I guess, but we'll have to see. Somebody says, does Corey Graves go into the doghouse because of his autism comment? Did I miss that? What did he say? I didn't hear it. I must have missed that. I hope I hope he didn't say anything like that. That's horrible. Actually, the few wrestling matches that I compete in have all been uh, to benefit autism charities, so that would be kind of shitty. I'd be pretty yeah, pretty pissed personally over that. Uh, either way, uh, should Harper be- beat Ambrose tomorrow? Yeah, he probably should, but only if they're going to give him a sustained push and they're not going to, so no. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll be happy if he just, you know, has another fantastic showing like he did last week and, you know, really shows everybody why he should get a real push in the future. Uh, thoughts on the rumors that PWG was paying people off to get ACH and Riddle for Mystery Vortex 4. PWG didn't do that. I have talked to a lot of people around this situation. PWG didn't do that. I don't know about ACH's situation. I do know Matt's, obviously. I asked him. PCW hadn't advertised Matt for their Saturday show since, like, August, I think. And it's on them to say, hey, he's no longer on our show. Matt on our show for the last three weeks has said something to the, to the degree of, I will be in California Friday, flying Saturday, UK Sunday. He said that very blatantly. Flying Saturday, UK Sunday. I went in on him. You all can dislike him for the AIW thing. Maybe he's wrong. Maybe he's not there. But this one isn't his fault. Um, he was telling us probably stuff he shouldn't have said about being at the PWG show. Do you see a Braun Sammy face off near the end of the Rumble? I see one definitely in the Rumble, probably Zane eliminating him. Yeah. Alex, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I see. I see Braun coming in. You know, maybe around like the twelve, fourteen, fifteen spot, eliminating like nine guys, just going nuts, and then Sammy catching him like unawares, kicking him in the back of the head, him toppling over, and doing a great Rumble bump like he does. And then him just turning around, seeing that it's you know Sammy who's done it, and uh, pulling him out of the you know thing, and maybe Sammy gets back in later. I don't know, but yeah, there's definitely going to be a, a big spot between them at the Rumble, leading to a match at uh, what is now a, a Raw pay per view uh, Fast Lane on March fifth. Somebody seems to have confused him saying artistic with autistic. Uh, yeah, I don't think he would be dumb enough to, to make a, an autism joke on the air. 
Do you guys think Owen should hold the universal title to Mania or will it be used for Brock versus Goldberg? I don't think Brock versus Goldberg needs that, but you no. know what? Rock versus Cena never needed it either. Yeah. Uh, I, I, uh, I don't know. I mean, uh, the thing about it is that you have this, uh, this thing with they've, they've come out and said now six weeks early, it's going to be Roman versus Kevin for the universal title at the rumble, like a long way from now, they got to get that title, the U S title off of Roman. If they're going to just going to build toward a universal title thing for him. And he's just forgotten about this thing that he drags to the ring over his shoulder. Like it doesn't matter. Uh, that you, the U S title used to mean something. It meant something when, when Rusev had it, who is the guy that Roman took it from. And now he's got it as a prop. Like he doesn't even care about it. Like they got to get it off him and put it on somebody who's going to use it, you know, to actually make that title mean something. Now we're going to get into the fun stuff, Alex. Somebody right. says, do you view Die Hard as a Christmas movie? I view Die Hard as the Christmas movie. <laughs> it's certainly a Christmas movie. I won't say the So Christmas is Die Hard too. Right, yeah, yeah. If it's snowing, it's a Christmas movie. Um, in the Die Hard franchise, uh, they were at a they were at a Christmas party the first right, no. time. The first time is definitely a Christmas movie. I don't I, I don't re- recall whether or not Die Hard Two actually took place at Christmas, but it was snowing, so why not? Um, yeah, uh, it is it is definitely one of my top ten Christmas movies, and the top and the best action movie ever made, Die Hard One. So. Somebody says Die Hard is more of a Christmas movie than Home Alone. Home Alone was both set around Christmas, Christmas trees and presents yeah. and all that stuff. Um, here's one for you. I've had this debate with a lot of people. Do you consider Toy Story a Christmas movie? Now, here's why I asked that. The end of the movie features Christmas. It was released around Christmas. Always qualified it as a Christmas movie, Alex. You know how they used to do this with VHS as like, the Santa Claus. They weren't releasing that on VHS in March. Right, right. Like, why do that? They waited until November the next year sure. to get people to buy that. They did the same thing with Toy Story. Mm-hmm. They didn't release it on VHS or home video for like a full year. So that gave me the impression, well, that qualifies as a Christmas movie. Right. I want your take. Well, you know, I, I, uh, I haven't thought about it in that way for a while. The, the thing that I always get to me is that what – what signifies a Christmas movie to me, maybe this is me being northern elitist, but if there's snow on the ground, that, that makes you a possibility for it. And in, in Toy Story, everything that's happened outside, there's green grass everywhere. So maybe it's taking place in like Arizona or something, but, but to me, you know, snow is, is a necessity for a Christmas movie or Christmas decorations everywhere, like in Die Hard. I know what happens in la so there's christmas decorations everywhere they're going to a christmas party i guess it it, it could be but i don't remember any of the christmas scenes in, in toy story so i'm gonna say no but the very the very end where they they got the dog okay yeah then the, the very then the very end is a christmas scene in a non-christmas movie because it's it's generally set in like the summer so yeah. i'm like man my whole life has been a lie yeah uh, home alone one into uh Three and four, I think there's a fifth one that travesties no, no, no. ridiculous. They, they, they don't they don't exist. Those are not actually Home Alone movies. I saw a fake uh, movie cover said Home Alone Six. Uh, 
Road to Forgiveness, and it showed a present-day Macaulay Culkin with Joe Pesci and uh, whatever his name was. Daniel Stern. Yeah. I'll ask you this. How do you think they could make a proper Home Alone sequel? Oh, uh, it's it's got to be Kevin with, like, PTSD. And uh, the, yeah. the web- like he finds out finds they get out of jail, and then he decides to fuck with them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he they 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 get out of jail. They're in a halfway house, and uh, <laughs> and it's just them. Everybody else has families that they go home to on Christmas on Christmas Eve, and it's just it's just Marv and Harry in the in the halfway house, and then and Kevin comes a knocking, and it's just like it's one of those you know crazy like uh, house invader home in, home invasion horror movies. I'd watch the hell out of that. What else we got here? What are some other good ones? A lot of people would tell me Lethal Weapon. I've never actually watched Lethal Weapon. I'm going to watch it this week. No, I'm going to have a little, hopefully a little free time. So I, I got to watch that one. There's, there's some, there's some definitely some uh, Christmas stuff in Lethal Weapon. It's good. Uh, if you like Mel Gibson doing impressions of the Three Stooges, it's pretty great. Oh, damn it. Yeah, I like the more uncon- I don't want to say unconventional, but I don't like the traditional Christmas movies. I'm not like a big Grinch guy or Rudolph guy. <clears throat> I like Bad Santa. I I watched Office Christmas Party. It was okay. It was all right. I loved The Night Before. Last, did you have you seen that? Well, you see, uh, Sean, I am a bit of a Christmas guy. A traditional Jesus Christmas Christ. guy. What have I uh, done? There's like 15 or so movies or Christmas specials that are required viewing. Every year in my household, uh, The Grinch is one of them, uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer at least twice, Charlie Bound Christmas, both Home Alones, Scrooged with Bill Murray, which is my personal favorite Christmas movie. I need to watch uh, that, too. There's a lot of really great ones, but yeah, I definitely love the classics as well. I have not yet seen Office Christmas Party, but that might go on my list in the future. Somebody says, the American remake of The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo has snow in it was released around Christmas. Uh, does that does the R rating disqualify it? Mm, I've never watched it. King of Indie Style says, I watch Rocky around every Christmas. I watch boxing movies one time, and I may never watch a boxing movie again because they're all the same to me, to be honest with you. Well, the, no, the, the, the Rocky movies are just basically patriotism on film. That's all they are. <laughs> they're a lot of fun. But uh, Now, I'm trying to think. I feel like... I feel like I'm missing some Christmas movies. I used to watch like all the diehards every Christmas. Now the the third and fourth ones are basically fourth of July movies. Yeah. I think they need to close out that series with a Christmas movie as well. Get the whole family back together. Maybe that happened in the fifth one. I don't know. I have I bought it, but I don't have the balls to watch it and disappoint myself. What was it's, that? When when a movie starts with a ten minute action scene, Alex, I'm like, yeah. come on. I think that was called A Good Day to Die Hard. And, uh, yeah, something like that. That took place in Russia, so there was snow. So I guess maybe that, that counts as a Christmas movie uh, in, in my world, apparently. Somebody says A Christmas Story kicks ass. I hate A Christmas Story. You're dead to me. I think it's an overrated piece of trash. You're dead to me. I watch that, I watch that at least three times every Christmas Eve when it's on in a loop on TNT or TBS or whenever it's on. And uh, and I cry every time, every time oh. when, when the old man when the old man says, "Hey, what's that behind the desk?" and the kid goes and he finds the writer BB gun, it's it's a beautiful moment. As a man who's becoming a father, I can relate to that moment. 
It's beautiful. That's such a beautiful, terrible movie. I watched Christmas Vacation this year. I thought it was mediocre. Oh, at best. Oh, I, 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 I am just disgusted. I'll say this. I'll say this too. I watched the new Vacation. It wasn't half bad. I laughed a lot. I laughed a Christmas lot. Christmas Vacation is a national treasure and must and should be watched by everyone mandatorily every Christmas season. If I were to write down five Christmas movies that I couldn't live without, it'd probably just be the two Home Alones, the two Diehards, and the Night Before. That's it. Night Before is real good. Y'all need to watch that. People saying, "What's wrong with you?" Uh, I'm not a sentimental piece of shit like some of you all. Is all all there is, guys. Uh, I would like everyone to know that that I am a sentimental piece of shit, and I will remain (laughs) so for the rest of my life. Oh, there are some people who get mad when I talk about one when I curse, and two when I talk about anything besides wrestling. You gotta be a professional. (laughs) Just because I'm verified on Twitter doesn't mean I can't call you all sentimental sentimental pieces of shit. You guys, just saying. I'm allowed to have an opinion. People, have you gotten that? I know you've gotten that already, Alex. Where people are yeah. like, how, "How dare you? You're you're a journalist. You're not allowed to have an opinion." Right. I used to get that when I had the mod tag at Wrestling Inc. Uh, people were like, "You're not allowed to have an opinion. You have a mod tag. You write <laughs> news." Well, you know what? Me and Alex don't put our personal opinions into news stories. No. We say that for our personal Twitter and yeah. for uh, our opinion pieces. Yeah. Take a media ethics class, jabronis. Yeah, I, Not I, those of you who are supporting us. I can be a journalist at times. I can also be a, a columnist at times. Uh, and then I can be just a private citizen at times. You can be a human. Yep. You can be a human. Guys, this was a fun show. I wish we could do more like this. Uh, hey, maybe if WWE keeps on putting lackluster shows that don't give us a lot to talk about, <laughs> we can talk about our favorite uh, – New Year's movies, our favorite Canadian Boxing Day movies. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure uh, next Monday, the day after Christmas, is going to be a piece of crap raw. So we can talk about right. what we got for Christmas. And we can show off our little toys in front of the camera and everyone can see. Tomorrow after SmackDown, I'm here with Jeff Hawkins. We're going to talk about that show. Wednesday with Showdown Joe. Thursday, Matt Riddle, register for free at Fightful.com. Friday with Shane Helms. We're going to do a little something different. We're going to talk about his experiences in the Royal Rumble, at the Royal Rumble, when he wasn't in the Royal Rumble, what that was like. Send in your questions to me. What do you want to know? Uh, We've got things where, like, he won the Cruiserweight Championship at a Royal Rumble. There were years he was just skipped over altogether. There were years he was injured. There were years where he lasted 15 seconds. There were years where he lasted not much more than 15 seconds. Send in your questions. We're going to do a little bit of a retro show, which I, we don't get to do a lot. And I'm very, very excited to do one of those retro shows. Alex, besides telling these people to follow at Fightful Online on Twitter and Facebook, what do you want to let them know before we go? You can follow me on Twitter at Pulowski the Fourth. Pulowski spelled P-A-W-L-O-W-S-K-I and then T-H-E numeral four T-H. And uh, you can look for my stuff all week long at Fightful Online. Uh, and, um, yeah, so I'll have at least two Christmas-themed features for y'all this week before uh, before uh, Sunday. So look forward to that. I shall mention, Rob says, uh, Just Friends with Ryan Reynolds is really good. That was really good. That was a good Christmas movie as well. 
Follow me at Sean Ross Sapp. When you all get me to a million followers, I'll give somebody 500 bucks. How about that? Sounds fair. A million followers. You know what? How about this? 100,000. 100,000. Me or Fightful. 100,000 and I'll give away 500 bucks. Hot diggity damn. We're back tomorrow. Check out Fightful.com. The fastest growing wrestling, MMA, boxing website on the web, guys. We're out. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.